0: Hello and welcome to the next In My Souser studies in John's Gospel. I am very fortunate and I love sleeping. I don't know whether you like sleeping, but I do enjoy sleeping. I very rarely find it difficult to get to sleep. Sometimes I wake up earlier than I want, a little bit anxious about things. But in the whole, I can sleep very well. And I do look forward to going to sleep. I enjoy sleeping. Now, that's kind of important because it does color how I see this particular passage that we're going to look at today. And uh, if you don't enjoy sleeping, I want you to try and imagine that sleep is a good thing. We're in John chapter 11, and we're looking at the story of Lazarus, who is a friend, uh, probably a disciple of Jesus. He is uh, the the brother of Mary and Martha, and they send a message to Jesus, who is uh, a couple of days' walk away. They send a message to him that Lazarus is sick. And probably by the time he gets the message, Jesus already knows that Jesus, that Lazarus has died. And so if we looked at this in our last time, but he stays a little bit longer. And we tried to explore why it was that he stayed a little bit longer. And we pick it up at verse six. So when he'd heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. So they're gonna go and visit uh, Lazarus, even though... Jesus probably knows he's died by this time. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you and yet you are going back. You may remember this from previous studies in John's gospel. They were trying to kill Jesus. And Jesus answered with a bit of a riddle. He said, are there not 12 hours of daylight? This is John eleven nine. Those who walk in the day- daytime will not stumble for they will see by this world's light. It is written that when people walk at night then that they then stumble for they have no light. What does this riddle mean? Well, the context is probably that a number of times already in John's gospel, Jesus has said that the time for him to be crucified, for him to die, has not yet come. And there's a clear understanding that they, the people couldn't kill Jesus before God was going to allow it, before it was the right time. His hour has not yet come. That's John 8:20. 20. Uh, also in John 8, we, we, we have this picture of night and day, and he talks about the night coming meaning the time when he is no longer with them so this riddle is probably jesus saying that there is an appointed time for he for him to live and be amongst them and that is the daylight but it's time limited it's only 12 hours he's not going to be with them forever he will die and he will ascend to heaven but while he is with them, while it is the time for him to live, he, they are safe and he will not stumble. He will not trip up because it's daylight. But uh, there will be in danger and he would be in danger if he tried to extend his time before beyond the allotted time. In other words, if he decided he wanted to live to be the age of 45, he would be in danger because that wouldn't happen. And equally, they are safe whilst he is with them. But it's a different ball game when he has ascended to heaven. Let's carry on. John 11:11. After this, he said, uh, he went on to tell him, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. What does that mean, he's fallen asleep? Well, we're going to explore that now. But essentially, Jesus equates death as sleep. And what he means by uh, sleep is what we would call death. And what he means by death, we will discover throughout the Bible, is destruction. And we'll come back to that. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. In other words, they don't understand this use of the word sleep. And Jesus had been speaking of his own death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead And for your sake, I was glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Why was it better that they weren't there? Well, it was because they were now going to see a dramatic resurrection miracle that would really help them to understand that Jesus had the power over death that would help them when they faced Jesus's death and ultimately their own death. So it was really important for them to see Jesus, uh, Lazarus long dead, resurrected. And that's why it was good that they weren't there from that perspective. So let's circle back and explore this concept of death as sleep. What does that mean? Why does Je- Jesus use the, uh, the, the language of sleep to describe death? Well, I want to suggest it means a few things. Firstly, he is saying that death is temporary. When I go to sleep, I know I'm going to wake up. And our death in this life that Jesus calls sleep, it is temporary. It will be followed by our resurrection. Every human being will be resurrected. And Jesus makes that clear that when he returns, he will resurrect everyone. And then there will be a choice. Some people will experience judgment and eternal death. And others will experience salvation and eternal life. And that is decided by our choices now. So whether we choose to accept and follow Jesus or not. But this death is temporary. It is a sleep. And it will be followed by resurrection. And then whether that becomes a second death or whether it becomes eternal life is down to our response to Jesus now. And We'll look at that a bit more in a couple of sessions' time. The second thing about death as sleep is it is of an undefined length. When you are asleep, you're not conscious of how long you are asleep for. And time flies, time passes quickly. And when you awake, uh, you're not sure how long necessarily you've been asleep for. This is particularly true if you think of the analogy of an anesthetic, somebody going for an operation, or even being in a coma we don't know how long it is. We don't know how long we will sleep in death until Jesus raises us. It may be a few months. It may be a few years. It may be hundreds of years. But to us who are asleep, it doesn't make any difference. The resurrection will come as the next conscious thing we remember. When I go to sleep, I sleep, and then I awake refreshed. And our death will be something that we don't know how long it will last. And during that time, it's very important to remember that we're unconscious. We're not aware of what is going on in the world. We're not watching our family and seeing the pain and hurt that they go through. We're not distressed and disturbed by the mistakes that they make or the grief that they experience and our uh, inability to affect or change things. We're unconscious. We sleep. We're not aware of anything. And then we will be resurrected. And when we sleep, we are safe under the power of Jesus who will awaken us. It's like a child asleep in a home or in the back of a car and completely surrounded by the safety of the parents who will one day wake them up or wake them up for school or wake them up when they get home. And as we sleep in death, we rest in his arms. We rest in his peace. We rest knowing he will raise us at the right time. And there are some parallel ideas that come to mind thinking about sleep that I just want to draw your attention to just as a way of thinking about death. I tend to get ready to go to sleep. I change my clothes. I... um, uh, um, turn off the lights, I I turn the sound down or turn all my machines off, in fact. We need to be ready to die. We need to get ready, knowing that it's coming at some point in our lives. That there are things that we will need to lay down and get rid of. And be ready to meet Jesus ready for that time. And not to see it as something unexpected that we weren't prepared for and that we didn't see coming. We're all going to die or meet Jesus when he returns. I don't know if I'm stretching it too far, but it's a good idea not to stay up too late. Not to try like the children who want another reason why they don't have to go upstairs to bed. Can they just watch one more thing? Can they just uh, brush the Can they just have another drink? Can they just do this? It's not helpful to constantly be trying to avoid death. Rather, we face it with peace and ready to sleep. And when we go to bed, we prepare for the morning. Quite often, I uh, get some things ready to do the next day. And we prepare for eternal life. We prepare by getting the people we want to be in eternity with ready for that moment. We prepare people by telling them of Jesus and, and hoping that they will respond too, so that we will be with them in the morning. We prepare for the morning. We have a thing in our household that we don't want the dishes to be dirty when we go to bed. <laughs> We tidy up before we go to sleep. We put right the things that need to be put right. We tie up the loose ends. And it's good where possible to try to do that, to resolve any conflicts, to make sure that there aren't things that should have been said, that there aren't things that people didn't know. People know that we love them, that people know that we've forgiven them, that people know that we valued them that where there is resentment or hurt, we resolve it. And we seek to finish what needs to be done today. We get the washing up done. And finally, we relax, knowing that some stuff can be done tomorrow. There will be time in heaven to visit all the places that I can't visit in this life. I've said before, I'm not a fan of the bucket list, really, because it implies that in heaven you can't do all these great things. I can swim with dolphins in heaven, I'm sure. I can visit beautiful mountain ranges and see wonderful sunsets. I can do that in heaven. I don't have to do it all now. What I can't do is have regrets about people that I didn't tell about Jesus and didn't want to encourage and pray for and bring with me because that I can't do in heaven so my bucket list isn't the holidays and the experiences and the places I need to see because I can do that tomorrow my bucket list is the things I need to say the people I need to show Jesus to the people I need to pray for so some questions for reflection how is life changed by death only being sleep This life is temporary and I will awake to a new life. How does that change? How are my fears changed? How are my priorities changed? And how is my willingness to make sacrifices changed? Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you that we will awake. Thank you that this beautiful metaphor, that death is temporary, we're not aware of it, we're not conscious of anything else, we sleep and we will rise. And we thank you that we can look forward to a glorious new morning. And we pray that you'll help us to do what needs to be done today and to know what we can do tomorrow and to be ready to meet you. Help us to put our house in order, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.